Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So today on the podcast, my guest is Andrea Ewalefo, and I am excited to have this conversation with Andrea because she has been through a lot and she has a really great story to share with us. Andrea was a single mother at the height of the 2008 recession, and she had a little baby to care for and no job. And so she's going to be sharing with us how she navigated all of that and has now gone to the point where she has a goal to become a millionaire and financially independent in the next 10 years. So welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Hi, Bola. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And I would love for you, for us to start out by you introducing yourself. So tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Andrea Ewalefo. Um, I'm currently a JD MBA student at Tulane University, um, graduating this May. Very excited about that. And I am looking forward to uh, beginning my career this fall um, as an attorney. I'll be working uh doing employee benefits and executive compensation transactional work. Uh, So that is also very exciting for me. Um, I also own a duplex and operate a short-term rental uh, through Airbnb and am the creator of Modern Lady Vibes, which is a community committed to redefining what it means to be a lady in the 21st century by teaching independence, financial literacy, and business sense. That is so awesome. So you are getting ready to graduate with your JD MBA. You own property, real estate investments. You rent out property. So you have rental, <laughs> rental property, <laughs> yeah. and you also have a business and you're coming from a really crazy place. So back in the 2008 recession, you became a single mom. You had no job. And I'd love for you to share more about this experience and what it was like financially and emotionally for you. Yes. So um, it was about April 2008 when my ex and I split up. Um, At the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. And so um, when we split up, I was fortunate that I was the money manager in the relationship. And even on a a $40,000 a year uh, salary, uh, one income, I had been able to save, you know, I think it was like somewhere around $20,000 we had saved at that time. So when we split up, you know, we, we split those savings and 
that was it. I, I moved out um, in May. We had bought a house together, um, but I moved out into an apartment with my son who was 20 months old at the time and was just living on savings. So you know, I didn't realize the extent of the recession at that time. I don't think anybody really did, but I was sending out maybe 20 resumes a day, um, trying to, you know, in different cities, trying to see where I could move to. I was in Texas at the time and I was just blowing through my savings, uh, paying for babysitters, trying to be able to get out and, and uh, you know, try to find work. So it was extremely stressful. Wow. So just to go back to what you said, you know, you had said that you and your ex had a single income earning $40,000 a year, but you managed to save $20,000. That's a big deal, especially with buying a house, having a baby. Uh, I'm sure that it took you time, but I just want to acknowledge that that is a really big deal. But then you guys break up and then you move out and uh, you take your half, which is $10,000 of that savings. And I can Mm -hmm. imagine in the grand scheme of that, of everything going on as a mom, getting an apartment, baby expenses, babysitters, the $10,000 was not a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, it was not. <laughs> so yeah. when people, you know, because sometimes when people hear someone say, oh, I moved out with my savings, it sounds like, oh yeah, you know, she was good. She moved out with her savings. But we're talking about $10,000, an apartment lease, a 20 month old baby, someone mm-hmm. needing to take care of that baby while you go out and look for work. Um, that must have been a lot of pressure. Yes, it it was a lot of pressure. And, you know, I, I have to um, acknowledge like the help and support that I received during that time in my life, uh, because it was such a difficult time. Um, you know, I was fortunate that my parents were willing to um, help in the sense that, you know, they took my son for a while, uh, for a few months while, so that I could kind of get on my feet and figure out my next path. Uh, and I know that not everybody has that opportunity and, um, you know, not everybody's granted with, um, that type of support. So I wanted to make sure to acknowledge that I was able to get that kind of help when, when the funds were really just reaching their end at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And obviously you must have had some sort of financial savviness if you were able to save along with your ex that $20,000 on a $40,000 salary, right? So I'd love for you to share how you got interested or how you got started with financial literacy and financial wellness and what were some of the things that led to you being able to save that $20,000? Yeah. So, um, My ex actually had a family friend who was a financial advisor. And uh, shortly after we had our son, he came and met with us to get us started. You know, I was 22 um, and my ex was 23 when we had our son. Um, So we were young, right out of college and didn't really know much about anything. So I'm very grateful that we had um, that opportunity where, um, you know, this family friend came to us and he taught us about the rule of 72. And, um, you know, compound interest. He explained, you know, all the different components of your uh, building a strong financial house and, you know, got us set up with term life insurance so that we could protect our home and protect each other in the event anything happened. Um, And then just really set us on a plan 
you know, of course, coming out of college, we both had student loans and some credit card debt. So he taught us about the debt snowball and the debt avalanche and, you know, got us set up um, on that plan to be able to get to get out of debt. And so um, I really have to credit him with getting me started building that foundation and, and really sparking um, a major interest that I've carried ever since, um, you know, this passion for financial literacy and financial education. But um, I really took what he said and ran with it and <laughs> I've applied those lessons um, ever since. That is so great. And, you know, I think I'm a huge believer of the people you surround yourself with have an indirect or a direct impact on your life. And this is a friend who had a direct impact on your life because that person was able to share with you key nuggets, key insights that you were able to implement to be able to achieve the savings that you achieved on your income. And for anyone listening, um, Andrea mentioned the rule of 72, and it's just basically a very simple um, formula that calculates how long it'll take for your investment to double based on the interest rate that the investment is earning. And if you're curious about how that works, there's tons of calculators. So just go online and search rule of 72 calculator. And it's actually really fun to play around with and say, okay, mm-hmm. if I invest $10,000 or $5,000 at 5% interest rate, you know, how long will it take um, for it to double. It's it's pretty, pretty interesting to, to look at. And it can actually be a great motivator when it comes to, wow, if I invest this much by this time frame, you know, I could potentially have this amount. Obviously nothing is guaranteed, but it's just a lot of fun to use. So, yes, definitely. <laughs> so you're now on the other side of this relationship. You've moved out, you have your son and you find a job. And you're earning or you're living on about $1,750 a month. So I'm going to say that again. You're living with your son in an apartment on $1,750 a month. And you do this for over six years. This is what you told me. Yeah. And while you're living on this small amount of money um, with a baby, right? As a single person, you can make this work. You can manage this. You can work Mm -hmm. the hell out of that money. But with a baby... Um, <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different, you know, it's, it's just different. And you do this for six years and you never miss a payment on any of your bills. Mm-hmm. So I want you to talk me through, how did you manage that amount of money, given the living expenses you had, your son and your other financial obligations and the fact that you were saving and investing based on, you know, the things that you had learned in the past? Yeah, so I um, <laughs> uh, I have saved all of my um, Excel spreadsheets and budgets since 2007, right? Wow. And so, um, yeah, I I'm a bit of a hoarder like that, but you know, it's digital, it's okay. Um, so I <laughs> I went back through. To, to remind myself, I wanted to see like, how did I do that? Because, uh, you know, you you come out of tough times in your life and your brain doesn't want to remember, right? So it's not information you keep readily available. But um, I went back and looked at an old budget just to see how I broke that down. And um, just to give you a little bit of uh, backstory there. So I ended up moving to Vegas um, 
where my parents live so that I could be closer to them. I realized real quickly that I wasn't going to be able to find a job that could also afford daycare um, as a single parent um, during that time. And so being closer to my parents was really going to help uh, to alleviate that added expense. So that's one thing, right? You know, use the resources around you, seek help um, how you can, because um, I could have never ever done any of that um, if I also had a $1,000 a month daycare bill. So I moved to Vegas to be close to them to help with daycare. And um, I I took a job, I was working, I was doing some modeling and acting, independent contract work out in Vegas. Because with my son who was by that time had just turned three, um, it was most important to me that I was home with him as much as possible. You know, my time freedom was more important than financial freedom at that point in my life. And so I wanted to have a flexible schedule, but that did mean tight funds. So looking back at one of my old budgets, I had found an apartment. It was a two bedroom um, apartment for $680 a month. Um, and this was in 2009, 2010, um, you know, I have always looked for very affordable housing. Um, you know, sometimes you have to compromise something, whether it's the luxuries in your place or you know maybe the part of town that you live in. Um, but these are these are just real things that people have to realize that when you don't have the money, you have to adjust your quality of life. Unfortunately, you know sometimes um, to make it work, and it may not be what you want, but it, it's probably what you need for that moment so that you can stay afloat. So my rent was 680. Um, I had a Cricut cell phone for years and years and years. I only recently switched over uh, to AT&T, like, I don't know, 2017, 2018. But up until then, I've always had like a $99 cell phone, um, you know, whatever the cheap thing was. And I had a $55 flat fee um, cell phone bill. Um, electricity and gas is another area you can save a lot. I am just, you know, maybe it's because I come from, uh, I have a Nigerian dad and a, a Mexican mother, but, you know, I don't turn the AC on. I, <laughs> I turn the fans on. You just got to deal with it. Turn all the lights off when you leave the room, you know. Um, but yeah, my electric bill um, has always, always to this day, averaged about $40 a month. Um, and yes, that's even my bill now um, in a duplex. I own my home. Uh, so just, you know, letting people know that is possible. Um, uh, my gas bill was $40 a month. Then I had my student loan was $140 a month at that time. And then, of course, I'm going to be realistic. Um, I incurred a lot of credit card debt from the breakup until I could get back on my feet. And so I had a, a Bank of America credit card at $230 a month, a Wells Fargo credit card at $60 a month, and a Chase credit card at $100 a month. So, you know, you're only living on $1,750 and almost $500 of your money is going to credit card bills. It, it, was, That's it a hurt. Lot. It yeah. hurt. And those um, are your minimum payments. Minimum. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, because of my income, I was below the poverty line. And so I was receiving food stamps. So that was a huge help for me to alleviate at least that one bill. Um, and so I supplemented my food bill $20 a month um, from what I was receiving with the food stamps. And then uh, I had a car. 
Uh, my dad had bought me a car when I graduated college. Uh, that was like the gift that I had. And so um, I didn't have a car note, but I did have a $120 a month gas bill. And then I had, I allocated about $25 a month to toiletries, $65 a month for miscellaneous expenses, $15 a month for clothes, and $35 a month for any little vacations that I might want to go on. And um, those were real numbers. Every year I take uh, what I spent each month and I calculate the average over the year. And then I create my budget for the next year. So all of these numbers were based on the averages from the previous year. So you know, the $25 for toiletries and the $35 for vacation, that wasn't me just trying to be overly optimistic. That was literally how I was able to manage my money from the previous year. And um, I also, you know, I, I'm a Christian, so I also tithe. So $195 uh, was going to tithe as well. And I'll just keep in mind for those adding up the numbers, um, my tithe is not included in that 1750. So 1750 is what I live off of. And the, the tithe is that, you know, um, before that part. Um, and then anything I got from tax refunds or any extra money that came my way, I would apply um, towards my Roth IRA and my son's uh, custodial account as well. Hey everyone, this is just a quick break in this episode to share some exciting news with you guys. So my new book, The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income, launches on June 29th, 2021. And I am so, so excited because I absolutely loved writing this book and I know you guys are going to love reading it too. And in this book, I share just how you can leverage a side hustle to increase your income and achieve your financial goals. And I specifically go over how to to build your confidence, eliminate your fears, and strengthen your focus to build a successful side hustle. I talk about how to establish a strong foundation for your new business, even without any prior experience. I go over how to create a solid plan to brand, market, and grow a business that your customers won't be able to get enough of. And I also talk about how to write a realistic financial plan for your side hustle so you can create long-term wealth. And in the book, I share my personal experiences building my own businesses and also the experiences of other amazing women as well. And the Side Hustle Guide is available for pre-order right now. So you can place your order everywhere you buy your books, and it's going to be available in physical, ebook, and audiobook formats. I truly, truly appreciate your support, and I would love for you to pick up a copy for yourself, for your girlfriends, for your coworkers, and everyone in your life. Thank you guys so much, and I know that you're going to love this book. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Wow. So there's so much that you said. First of all, just looking at that income, you're making somewhere between like twenty-two dollars and $25,000 a year at mm -hmm. the time. Um, that is not a lot of money. And you had credit card debt, you had a student loan, you had child expenses. You really packed a lot of things into that seventeen fifty. dollars <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and no, and I don't say this, you know, like I'm saying this with all seriousness because that is, that's, incredible that is I, I have to commend you on what you did because a lot of people will say well I earn under the poverty line I can never be successful what's the point of saving I can you know there is there is it's difficult it's easy to fall into 
just a dark tunnel when you mm-hmm. don't have a lot of income, but you were just seeking opportunity with your spreadsheets. And I love that you have these spreadsheets to reference back to see how far that you have come yes. because that's like a big deal. And, you know, putting $20 a month to supplement your food stamps, putting $25 a month towards a vacation, people look at that and say, well, that's nothing, but this just proves, and I'm, you know, this is something I believe strongly in that those small amounts, if you are patient, if you are focused, if you are consistent, they do add up. And when you have your head in the game, the way you did, even if you're earning a tiny amount of money, because you're intentional, you find those opportunities. And the opportunities may not be, hey, girl, here is $10,000. The <laughs> opportunity may be, you know what? This month, I can save an extra $50. You know what? This month, I can do this. This month, I can do this differently. Those, those opportunities are th- you know, based on what you discover from your planning, from your budgeting. Those are real opportunities because they yeah. help you make progress. So, wow, you, you have done so amazing. But <laughs> let's keep going. So. <laughs> And you did this for six years and you never missed a credit card payment, even though you were making your minimum payments, you never missed your, um, you know, your, your bills, none of that. And you, mm-hmm. you were able to also start investing for your son. So tell me about that. How did you find how to invest? <laughs> how did you yes. make it possible to invest for your son? In addition to everything you packed into that 1750 um, monthly paycheck. Yeah. So, you know, going back to the family friend who met with us when we were, you know, 23 or so, um, one of the most impactful things when he was teaching us about the power of compound interest and, and, you know, the doubling periods in Rule of 72 was he showed us um, this the impact we could have on our child if we just put away a small amount of money, you know, I think it was like somewhere around $2,000 or so. If you put away like $2,000 when your child is born, right? They will be a millionaire at retirement at 65 years old. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, kind of said, wow, makes you kind of think back of how much did your parents really love you if you ain't got a trust fund waiting for you right now, right? I, I see the logic when people say, oh, it's only $2,000. How come your parents couldn't do that for you? But number one, they may not have known. And no, number exactly. two, $2,000 to somebody, to some people in certain situations, that's a life changer. No, 100%. And, and that, was, um, that was the next point I was going to make too, is that you, know, you might think that way, but the reality is yeah. there's so many factors that uh, play into why people aren't able to do that. I mean, you, know, you, you want everything for your child. And so uh, sometimes that just means having a, enough money to buy diapers, right? And yes. so um, here I was given this information and my child was seven months old at the time. And guess what? We still didn't have $2,000 to set aside for him knowing the information (laughs) in our hands. So, um, you know, circumstances definitely play a role, but education, right? At least I knew. And because I knew that information, it's always stayed in the back of my mind. It's always been a motivator that when I do come across extra money, I know exactly where I want it to go. It's not just, oh yeah, let's, you know, I'm going to get my nails done or let's go have a nice dinner or, oh, I'm going to go buy a fancy outfit. It's like, no, I've got to catch up on it, my retirement investing. I've got to make sure my kid has something right. And that's because I had that education. And so the 
the best thing I was able to do was the moment we got that information, we opened up IRA Roth accounts for everybody. Um, you know, X got one, I got one. Um, my son, back then there were educational Roth IRAs. I think now they're called um, like custodial accounts or uh, Coverdell um, mm-hmm. education funds, I think. But yeah, we all opened up our accounts and started putting money in there however much we could. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful for that because that's money that I may, I was able to look back at now as I you know am planning my the next stage of my life and we both um, I think I was able to build my account to a little over ten dollars and then my son's account I believe is somewhere around seven or eight thousand and you may think okay well you know 14 years later that's not a lot of money but it's like that's money that if I only put a thousand dollars in there. It has, you know, more than quadrupled over this time. And that's money I didn't have to put in there. It grew on its own. It's going to continue to grow. And it's so nice to start with something and not be starting from zero when I'm finally ready, you know, to to keep moving forward with my path. That is so fantastic. Um, Just wow. You know, you didn't have a lot, but you made it work and you were still thinking about investing and it was a small amount, but it's grown to $10,000 in your account. It's grown to $7,000 for your son and you're young and you still have a ton more time to grow and your income game is changing. (laughs) You know, it has changed. You bought a property, you know, you are a real estate investor now. So I'm assuming you were able to save for your, your duplex, you know, once you started earning more after that six year window. Yes. So in 2014, I applied for Teach for America and um, Teach for America is a program where you basically commit to spending two years of your life teaching. Um, and, you know, it just depends on what your skill set is and what you're able to um, um, what subject areas you're able to teach in. But the organization, if you're accepted, they will place you in a city anywhere in the country and you can you know kind of give them your list your top 10 list of cities you're interested in but technically you can be placed anywhere in the country to teach and they specifically place you in schools that are failing or not doing as well in the hopes to um, you know help turn it around and i you know i think it's a great organization and it for me was a life changing experience because not only did Teach for America help get me into a new place, right? I was ready to leave Vegas at this point in my life. But when you're an independent contractor, there's nothing that really allows you to move, right? Your job's not going to move mm-hmm. you. And so I felt stuck. Um, so Teach for America was able to move me from Vegas. That brought me to New Orleans, um, which I'm forever grateful and then as much as people, you know, t- talk about how little teachers make, I had never made more money in my life <laughs> because <laughs> here I was moving from literally poverty, right? $20,000 a year to over $40,000 a year. I mean, just like that, I doubled my income. And, you know, in wow. the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, Andrea, it's 40,000. Like you're still, there's still nothing to brag home about, but that was life changing for me. I was no longer on food stamps. You know, we were able to increase our quality of life. I was able to adjust the budget. Like it was just, 
it was so freeing. Um, I just felt like I was starting to really step into my own person and become truly independent because I was able to move to another state that, that I no longer was dependent on my parents to help, um, you know, with my son, it was just little by little, I, I removed my dependency from the government, removed my dependency from my parents. And I was starting to feel like a real adult, you know, a real responsible mom. And it was such an empowering experience. Um, but yeah, that's what, that was what was able to get me, um, to the next stage where I could then really start putting some money away and, and save enough money to buy a house um, in 2018. That's so fantastic. You should be incredibly proud of yourself. Um, just making that progress, staying focused, being able to buy a home and you doubled your income. And yes, like you said, it still wasn't, you know, a billion dollars, but that was a game changer in terms of quality of mm -hmm. life for you and your child. And the fact that you had already been saving and paying down debt, that just helped you to accelerate those goals, even though it still wasn't a huge amount of money. So yeah. um, I, I love your intention. I love your focus. And I love that you are here to share this with you know, the women and even the men who listen to this podcast. Because sometimes when you're, like I said earlier, in that space where you're not earning a lot, we have an obligation like a child or maybe a parent or something like that. And you, you just can't see your way out of it. A story like this, an experience like this um, can be very motivational and just help people see insights in places that they may not have really looked hard enough yet. So today mm -hmm. you are a soon to be JD slash MBA holder. <laughs> and you have a plan to become a millionaire. <laughs> yes. So I want you to tell me more about that, yeah. more about your financial mindset and how you're staying motivated and how you plan to achieve that goal. And I love that goal, by the way. Thank you. Yes. So, you know, money to me has always been a tool, um, just a means to an end. And for me, it means freedom. It means time freedom to hang out with my son, um, you know, financial freedom to just do what I want to do when I want to do. Um, so when I talk about becoming a millionaire, it is so that I can just live my life on my terms. You know, you think about becoming a mom at such a young age and then um, going through what I've gone through I have felt so restricted for so long and all I want is that freedom to live my life how I want to live it. And so, you know, for me, traveling is a, a huge passion of mine. I absolutely love to travel and um, jobs kind of, they don't help with that, right? You get your, maybe your two weeks, if you're lucky, you have a job who'll give you two weeks off a year. And then even then um, they make you feel so guilty for even taking a day off here or a day off there. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you wouldn't dare take all two weeks at the same time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you know, this is crazy. And then um, when you have a child, you're then bound by their school schedule. And so everybody wants off at the same time. And so then those become blackout dates. And it's this whole thing, right? It's a whole thing. And so my focus was just, I want to become financially independent so that I have the freedom to spend the time with my son as I want to, and to be able to travel as I want to, um, you know, and that's, that's just been like the main focus for me. I do feel fortunate that 
um, I was never, I've never really been caught up in like keeping up with the Joneses or, um, you know, needing the latest like handbag or outfit or anything like that. I, I kind of joke that it's because I'm tall and I have big feet. Uh, you know, I, I wear a size 11 <laughs> shoe and I have very long arms and broad shoulders and long legs, you know, it's so clothes have never fit me. I can never find anything at the stores. So it didn't make sense to get into all of that because I would just be left very upset all the time. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah, you know, just being able to to focus on um, the things that matter to me. That's how I stay motivated in and, um, you know, living on my budget. I do incorporate fun things like, you know, my son and I eat out, but I'm just, um, I'm conscious of how to eat out in a way that doesn't break the bank, right? We have a Mexican restaurant down the street and they have dollar tacos for Taco Tuesday. So we can literally go eat and for $10 have three tacos between, you know, the two of us and um, then tip. And sometimes that's cheaper than what I could have ever made at home, right? And mm-hmm. so, but we, we have that fun experience of going to eat out. And so that's how those are ways that I stay motivated in, in, um, in focusing on my financial goals is that I find ways to still enjoy the, the fun stuff of life, but I just find a way to do it within my means. That's great. That's great. And you're making it work in the way that makes sense for you in a way that doesn't distract from your goals and, you know, you're still enjoying yourself. You're still planning travel. You're still having your dollar tacos, but Mm -hmm. you're you're staying focused on your goal. So your goal is, like I mentioned, to become financially independent in the next 10 years. Um, Why this timeline? Why 10 years? Yes. So ever since I learned about investing um, at the age of 23 and, you know, about doubling periods, I have wanted to you know, I set a goal back then to retire by 30. And then as I was hitting 30, I pushed it to 35. And then, you know, I'm 37 now. And so it's like every time I get a little older and I realize my goal maybe isn't going to happen, um, the date gets pushed back. But, you know, I don't lose sight of the goal. Just because you don't hit your goals when you want to, that's no reason to give up on your dream, right? For me, the the real goal is to retire earlier than the world says I'm supposed to retire because I want my life when I want it. And so what gave me the opportunity to set this particular goal to be financially independent in the next 10 years and why I know this timeline is um, is actually going to be one that I can hit is that I sat down and really set a plan for my life. You know, all the last 10 years of my life, every time I set a goal to be financially independent, I, I didn't have a plan. You know, I knew that I needed to be saving money, wasn't really doing that because of certain circumstances. Um, I wasn't making the money I needed to, to get where I needed to go. And I just didn't have a legitimate plan on paper. But this time around, I sat down, this was probably back in like 2016, 2017. I sat down and I said, look, how are we going to make this work? You know, my son's not getting any young. Um, I really want to create a better quality of life for us. I want this. How do I make this work? And I started looking at my opportunities and that was 
part of the motivating factor for me to go back to school. I realized that with my with just an undergrad degree um, in sociology, okay, so it matter uh, what type of undergrad degree you have, but for me, a, a sociology degree was not going to land me in the C-suite or managerial positions, you know, and because of my circumstances, I had not worked in any one field, um, you know, since college. And so I didn't have roots in, you know, any one industry to say, okay, well, I don't have a graduate degree, but at least I have 10 years experience here. You know, it's like, no, I had hopped around to different jobs and different careers and different fields, um, just trying to get work wherever I could. So acknowledging my own personal situation, realized that based off of my passion for helping others, uh, my desire to increase my quality of life, looking at income potentials for different industries, going back to school made sense for me. And it made sense for me, even knowing, and I knew before I even made submitted one application, I knew that I would likely be incurring anywhere from 180 to $200,000 in student loan debt. Okay. I knew this, mm-hmm. um, but I, I crunched the numbers. I looked at my opportunity cost and at the end of the day, it made sense for me and I was willing to take that chance. And so um, making that plan to go back to school, knowing that I could come out three years later, um, making six figures, which would be more than tripling my income, right? We went from 20 to 40, and then I could be making, you know, upwards of 120, 130. Uh, if I had moved to Houston or even New York, starting salaries for lawyers is 190,000 for some firms, right? And so I knew the potential was there. And based off that type of income, if I just kept my quality of life the same, if I continue yeah. to live on 43, 45,000. And do what you do. <laughs> yes, and do what I do. I could hit financial dependence. And for me, my financial dependence number is 1.5 million because I'm, you know, I think about living on forty dollars to $45,000 a year in retirement with no debt. And if I've been doing this with debt, that, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm perfectly good. That will put so much more money in my pocket and I'm very, very happy. So 1.5 million is my goal. Um, and that will get me financially independent in the next 10 years. Wow. That is so amazing. And I have no doubt that you're going to achieve that goal because you're focused. You've shown this consistently over the, the years and I can't wait for you to start earning more so that you can really like blow all your goals out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, you, yeah, me too. <laughs> so what advice or last words of encouragement would you give someone listening to this um, who's like wow you know I can definitely relate to her story I, where she was I'm I know I've been there um, what advice or encouragement would you give that person yeah just don't be discouraged by your current situation and never stop dreaming. You know, um, there were so many nights I just felt hopeless. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I wondered why um, why God had dealt me this deck of cards. You know, what did I do to deserve this? And and all the the that type of you know self defeating mentality. But I allowed myself to feel that while never giving up 
on the belief that I knew that I was destined for more and never giving up on believing in myself to pull myself out of that situation, right? Um, no matter what challenge I face, and this is literally anything, like any kind of challenge you face, I'm always thinking about, okay, next step. What's the next step? How do I get out of this? What's the solution, right? And when you focus on being solution oriented, you don't have too much time to wallow in your circumstances. And it just gets you in a mode of looking for opportunity to make your life better. And when you're constantly thinking of how to make your life better, then when those opportunities come your way, you recognize them and you're able to act on them, right? And so it's just a matter of keeping your mind focused to always be alert to opportunities that can take you to the next path. Um, the next thing would be to, you know, make a plan of where you want to go. And then if it's a, just a crazy goal, right? Like my whole life, I've told myself, I'm going to be a millionaire in 10 years, right? Like <laughs> I've been telling myself that since I was 23 years old. And it seemed impossible. Like how? I'm on food stamps. This is not a thing. But I still knew, I was like, okay, well, let's work backwards. In order to do that, I have to um, save this much a month. And then to save this much a month, I got to make this much. And that breaks it all the way down to like this much a day or whatever. And so even if you can't achieve that, right, you're probably going to be more motivated to take that $10 you found in your pocket and put it in your Roth IRA than you are to take that $10 and go, you know, spend it on like something, some random thing at the store, because you're always thinking about your plan and you're always thinking about the goals that you have set. And for me, my first, one of my tiniest baby steps was, let me just get off food stamps. Like, if I can just get off food stamps, that mm. means I'm making more money. It means I'm not relying on the government. Like it's just, it's an independence, right? Like you can't be yeah. financially independent in all food stamps. And so you got to take the wins where you can and don't stress that your story doesn't look like someone else's or that you're not making as much as someone else. Like there's always a way to get a step further than you are now. And the only person you need to compare yourself to is yourself. Are you better tomorrow than you were today than you were yesterday? That is, should be your only goal and your only focus. I love that. I love that. And I think that's just really great advice. Um, everything you've shared is really great advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. And before I let you go, you have to tell everyone, what is your Clever Girl superpower? <laughs> Oh, yes. So I've touched on it a little, uh, but it is 100% travel hacking. So <laughs> I have traveled internationally every year for the last 10 years. Um, wow. I've been to over nine different countries. Some of them I went back to multiple times, but I've been to nine different countries over five continents. And my travel hack is that I average about $1,000 or less for every trip all inclusive. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yes. And the most I ever spent really was about $2,500 for a two week trip to Berlin because it was a study abroad program. So I didn't really have much control over like where I could stay or, you know, the dates and stuff. But um, there were two recent trips. I, ugh, 2020 hurt my soul. Uh, that was my first year. All I didn't us, get to yeah. travel. <laughs> yes, you know, um, but I had a 
I had a seven-day trip booked to Rio de Janeiro um, for spring break, April of 2020, which, you know, was like right at the height of the panini. And so, um, but this trip was seven days, flight, hotels, most meals for $650 a person. And I was devastated when that got canceled. Um, So then I tried to book another trip for December to Costa Rica. And I had booked a 10-day trip. And that was flight, rental car, food, gas. We were going to go zip lining, whitewater rafting, you know, rappelling down a waterfall. I had booked three different Airbnbs in three different cities. Like literally every dollar I needed to spend for this trip was allocated and it was $743 a person. So that is my, that's my superpower. Um, I am so, like my passion for traveling runs deep, but I know that I have my budget. And so I, over the years, I've found a way to marry the two and make it work. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Maybe once things, you know, start getting better, we can have you come back and talk to us about travel hacking when people are back yes. to traveling again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining. And before you go, please tell everyone where they can reach you, learn more about your story, engage with you, et cetera. Yes, of course. Well, you are more than welcome to join uh, me over at Modern Lady Vibes. That's our family on both Instagram and YouTube. Um, I share weekly Monday Monday episodes where I break down personal financial concepts and simple, easy to understand videos. Um, On Instagram, I also like to document my grad school life and being a short-term rental owner, mom, and wannabe DIY aficionado. And then... (laughs) Um, I do have my website, modernladyvibes.com. Right now, it's a landing page as I'm hoping to launch my blog uh, blog soon. But you're more than welcome to join the subscriber list to stay notified there for when we do launch. Thank you so much, Andrea. This has been so much fun talking with you. Thank you for sharing your experience and your wealth of knowledge. Yes, same. Thank you so much for having me, Bola. This has been an absolutely amazing experience. Um, I love Clever Girl Finance and uh, it's so motivating. Um, You know, it really, I've been following you since before I decided to launch Modern Lady Vibes and it was very much a lot of the motivation to do so. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.